I'm Elizabeth. I'm Natalie. And this is Simplicity Beckons Podcast. Listen in as we pursue living intentionally by editing out the things that distract, inhibit, or diminish the very best things in this life. Because we believe in redeeming the beauty of every day and discovering the joy that can be found when you narrow your focus to what really matters. Join the conversation. Because simplicity beckons. When I think of traditions, I typically think of the Christmas season and only the Christmas season. Today, Elizabeth and I are excited to share with you Krista Gilbert. Krista is a home coach, author, she co-hosts the Open Door Sisterhood podcast, and she's a speaker. She's a wife and mother of four and is dedicated to helping others find meaning and simplicity within their home and reclaim intentionality within their family. Today, she chats with us about the importance of family traditions, ways the Christmas season can be simplified, and shares some unique and practical tips for embracing family time during this pandemic holiday season. Listen in and be encouraged with the practical takeaways that she provides. Well, Krista, we are so excited that you get to join us today. I know the first time I ever heard your name or really heard you talk was almost two years ago now at a MOPS event. And I think you were one of the speakers for MOPS International. And I remember at the time I had just had a baby and honestly, I felt like I was drowning in motherhood and everything felt so overwhelming. And there was just a way that you communicated and presented motherhood that I realized, oh my goodness, like it does not have to be this way. And there can be intentionality in motherhood. And that day when I got home, I went home and bought your book. And every year since then, I've reread it. And I feel like I just keep finding nuggets and it has really just made an impact in the way that I have viewed motherhood. So thank you for that. And we are just so excited to have the chance to chat with you today. Uh, well, thank you, Natalie. That is so sweet of you to say. And it's just a joy to be with you. I love talking about parenthood whenever I can, just whenever, because I think as moms at every stage, and, and I talk to even moms of adult kids, and they need encouragement at that stage too. We all need encouragement at every single stage of mothering. And so it's just fun to talk to other people who feel the same about home and family and really want to do it well and to love people well around them, but who are finding it challenging. And and in every stage, we will find it challenging. That's a guarantee. But we can come together and encourage each other to live in the way that we want to. So one of the things that we really what we focus on talking about is the idea of simplicity. But really, we feel like the root of simplicity is being intentional. And, you know, 2020 has been literally the craziest year ever. And as we sort of step into whatever the holidays are going to look like for 2020, um, we would like to kind of talk with you about making intentional family traditions and really not, not only what that looks like just in general, but what does that look like for 2020 with all the limitations and, you know, people being so afraid of, you know, what that's going to look like? Why do you believe intentional family traditions are important and how can traditions span outside of the holiday season? Well, 
I think that's the key question. Whatever we're talking about traditions, we have to ask, why are we doing this? Really with anything, right? Anything that we're doing in parenting, I think a great question is to say why. And sometimes the answer is just because it's fun and fun ties heartstrings and that's that matters a lot to kids. And so, you know, sometimes it's a simple answer. Well, because it's fun, but sometimes it's because I want to teach my child work ethic or I want to teach my child how to be diligent or, you know, whatever the answer is. Well, with traditions, um, if I can somewhat answer the question for everyone in that traditions do something in that they create family identity, right? And so it becomes a part of our family story and who we are. In fact, my daughter, she was just doing a paper on this. She's in college, my oldest, and she was writing about some of our traditions and how the the question was actually how that shaped your family story and your culture in your family. And so I think that question is great because what it really gets at is that those traditions reflect the culture that we are creating in our family. And I like to call that family identity. It's really who we become together as a family that creates that identity. But what's so important about that family identity is that family identity creates belonging. And belonging is the deepest human need. I mean, to be known and to know is really what psychologists have determined to be the deepest human need that someone has. And I think it's important for us to remember that Traditions is just a manifestation of this very, very big concept of belonging, that it creates that identity and that identity creates that belonging in the family. And if our kids don't find belonging in the family, they will go somewhere else to find it. And so it's just so critical that we create this dynamic where our kids feel like they belong to us. And and not only us, but if you have extended family that can be a part of that, that's really beautiful because then now they have an even bigger circle of belonging. And if you can include cousins and aunts and uncles, I always say anyone who will love my child well is not only welcome in their life, but invited in. And that includes if that person is someone I struggle with. So let's say, for example, that someone really struggles with their mother-in-law and they have that really hard tension that can happen between a daughter-in-law and a mother-in-law. But let's say that mother-in-law really loves your children well, my encouragement would be let them have their relationship because that will only benefit your child to have that bigger sense of family identity and belonging, even if you struggle, you know, kind of separate those out and let your child and your mother-in-law have the freedom to have their own relationship. And honestly, she probably won't impact your child or rub your child in the same way that she's impacting you. And so, you know, that grandparent, grandchild relationship is really unique. And so I guess my encouragement is even if you have a hard time with someone in your extended family, but you can free up your child to have that relationship, it's a gift to both your child and to that other person. And ultimately, you know, even if we struggle, we want to honor the people that we have been given in this life. And that includes our family. I love that. My husband and I, before we started having kids, we always discussed that we wanted our house to be the house that all the kids 
come to. And we wanted to be kind of the center of where our kids stayed. And I think it was easy for us, especially, you know, with a toddler. And when you think of that concept to get really wrapped up in building a home where the home is welcoming and we forget that it encompasses so much more than just building a home. It really is building that bond in those relationships. So I love that perspective because it's easy to get just wrapped up in where we are currently and forget that these traditions can start when they are really young and span through their entire life. And it really does build this bond to keep them home. Mm-hmm. And I feel like it's, it's difficult to kind of get out of that mindset of like survival mode when you have young kids. Sometimes it's like you're literally just getting through till nap time and you're getting through till dinner time, you're getting through till bedtime. And I feel really challenged to, to make my time intentional and to make, take these opportunities and not be like, oh, well, we'll, we'll work towards having really great traditions when they're, you know, you know, fifth grade or, you know, second grade. I just feel like it's such a hard balance to try to figure out how to work traditions into survival mode. Cause that's honestly where I feel like I am like over half the time. Absolutely. And that's okay. And it's okay to actually, going back to the simplicity concept, to make things simple and to not make it where it's exhausting. Because if we're exhausted, we're not going to have fun doing the traditions. And that really defeats the whole purpose of it anyway. You know, one of the things that so I'm a home coach, which is basically just a life coach for the home. So life coaching is my training. And I also have a background in interior design and some things that incorporate the home. But one of the things I really like to focus on when I'm life coaching is reframing. How can we reframe this, whatever it is that's in front of you, right? So, so for you right now, Elizabeth, you're, you're saying, oh my gosh, I'm exhausted. So when I think of traditions, I think tired, I think tiring, I think work, I think more on me, right? How can we reframe how you are looking at it so it becomes something that's more of a blessing to your family and to you? And so what, when we think about reframing, I mean, ultimately, ultimately, you're the only one that can think of how you're going to reframe that because it needs to come from inside of you. But what I can encourage people to do is think about how to make it doable so it's not exhausting. So, for example, and to play on like, okay, so let me just give an example of maybe that would hit your aged kids. So instead of doing this ginormous cookie day where you are baking the, you know, you're making the dough, you're doing the cutout cookies, you're doing the icing and the decorations, you know, maybe you literally, you go to the bakery at your supermarket and the next time you're there, you say, you call them ahead of time and say, I want a dozen cutout sugar cookies from the bakery. And they, they make that for you because that's what bakeries do. They will totally do that. Mm-hmm. And then you go and pick them up you buy your frosting or whatever, and you don't, you know, you don't homemade it, whatever, or maybe you do. And you let the kids decorate two cookies each, you know, and then like, that's kind of a no brainer because it's not like you're doing this huge thing, but you put on Christmas music. Maybe you buy some eggnog and you have the, them decorating. And all of a sudden it feels like a fun tradition without you feeling overwhelmed that you've had to go to all this work. Now, when they're older, you may say, I have way more bandwidth than I did when they were younger. And this year, I'm actually going to make the cookies myself. 
And then we're going to decorate them together with homemade icing and whatever. And so that it can change over time, but reframing that tradition will help you to make it doable, to look forward to it and to make it actually fun in your mind instead of just a burden and more work for you. Does that make sense? Yeah, I love that. And I love like the idea of like simplifying it, but then also outsourcing it too, you know? Like it doesn't all have to be like, I don't have to come up with finding the recipe and like making a shopping list and making the shopping trip. Like I can literally be like, I'm going to let the grocery store make the cookies and I'm just going to, I'm going to be present for the memory that, you know, which is the whole point anyway. Like that's the Mm -hmm. reason we're doing it. Right. I love that. I feel like when I think of traditions and wanting to implement them in our family. One of the things I get really caught up in is that it has to be identical from year to year to year. And I have to start like year one. Okay. I have a baby. This is the first year, like document it every single year. And so hearing that just helps me realize I don't have to overcomplicate it. I'm in this season where I am feeling like the internal battle right now, this holiday season, because I know it's my last Christmas with just my son before we welcome another baby. And so I'm wanting to do everything like extravagant and big. And then on the other hand, I have my doctor saying, you should be doing Stouffer meals every single night because you're not super mom. Like you can't, you need Mm -hmm. to just not be doing anything right now. And so hearing that other people struggle with it. It's just such an encouragement to me personally to know that I don't have to do it all this year. And he's not even going to remember that. Like he's going to remember the intentional time I give him and that's it. So I just really appreciate that mindset because that I'm in the thick of it right now. And I think I'm just having a really hard time, like surrendering that personally and just diving in with, okay, it's going to be simple this year. And I'm not going to get up my two favorite Christmas trees. Maybe I'll do just one this year. And it's just going to have to look different because it's going to have to look different. Yeah, one of the things I actually say is that people want your presence Mm. more than they want your presence. Yeah. And so, you know, I mean, it's kind of a catchy phrase. And so it helps you remember it. But I think as moms, it's a good thing for us to repeat that Mm -hmm. we can go through the whole season and be completely disengaged and stressed out and never really stop and look in our child's eyes and stand in front of the Christmas tree with our child and really take in that moment. And like that's presence, right? Mm -hmm. When we do things like that, or we sit down and we play the little Lego nativity with our child or whatever it is, you know, that is presence. Whereas we focus on the doing so much and you can substitute anything, tradition, presence, whatever. I just say presence. They want your presence more than your presence because we can give them all the things. But if, if we miss it with our kids, then that's like, we only have 18 Christmases with them, you know? And that feels like a lot when you're in your phase of life. But I will tell you, when you're at my phase of life where my kids are starting to get older and leave, I mean, we're on the clock and everyone matters. Every Christmas matters. And would I rather be present than do all the things? Absolutely. Have I missed it? Yes. I have like literally cried on Christmas Eve because I felt like I missed the season. And so I have been there and I totally get it. And it was when my kids were young. And I think I've learned that over the years that 
if I give them all the things, but I'm not there, then what's the whole point, you know, mm-hmm. of Christmas? And so just really keeping that as, in mind as we're going through. And I think the ultimate hope, I mean, as parents is that what we set in place for them will bring them back to us, you know, as they grow up and have their own lives, you know, like we want to have that to bring them back to our family and have that be a really strong unit. And I think, you know, like you said, if we're focused on the fluff and the peripheral stuff, those things are not going to be remembered. That's a really good, challenging thought because, you know, I could say, well, I don't really have to worry about that until they're older, but no, it's, it's starting now. Like it's starting now. And I think the message of the world is to get caught up in the things and really it's more about the experiences and how we make them feel coming out of the, the, you know, the Christmas season. Are they feeling loved by material things, gifts? Are they feeling loved by the experience of our family Christmas? Yeah. And those things, I mean, those things don't have to be mutually exclusive. I mean, I'm a, I'm a gift giver. I love giving gifts. And so it's okay. But if we've done that without the other, that's where I think for me, I really start to question the heart of Christmas in myself. Mm-hmm. And have I let it become to commercialize where I'm, or just expectations where I'm just doing all the things. Um, but I would also say this matters with our spouse. And I think our spouses are actually the ones often, if you're married, that get the brunt of the stress that we feel over, over the holidays. And so, you know, I think our, our spouse every time would say, I want you over all these things that you're doing. And so I even think just in marriage, it's a really, really important thing to keep in mind because our spouses don't like it when we get in that mode. And then we're just, you know, we are not fun over the holidays. (laughs) And if the holidays are no fun, it's no fun, you know? Yes. (laughs) In your book, Reclaiming Home, you end each chapter with a list of unique dares. And my personality loves that because I can go to a certain topic or a certain chapter and just quickly look at different challenges or ideas or things to consider. So as we consider, you know, just the challenges of this balancing act that we're talking about, I think it's safe to say most families are going to feel the strain and just the... um, hardship of Christmas for 2020 because it is going to be so different than any other holiday season we've had in the past. So do you have any like specific dares or challenges that our listeners could try to implement or just consider as we approach this just really unique holiday season? You know, one of the things that I would really encourage this year as we are not with a lot of people that we're normally with that we actually do something outside of ourselves for someone else. And it can be simple, but so one of the things I teach in my life coaching is the elements of an abundant life. And one of the things that actually is always an element in an abundant life is some kind of service outside of themselves. And so this is really good to keep in mind as we're raising kids, that actually giving them all the things does not create an abundant life for them. In fact, it can actually have the opposite effect. And so we have to remember that part of living a really fulfilling life 
is thinking of others and getting outside of ourselves and doing something on behalf of someone else. And so think, how can I do that on a grand scale or a small scale? And I'll just give you the example of what what we're doing as a family this year. So we have a great aunt who is in a retirement home and she has not seen anyone besides the person who delivers her food to her door Mm. for probably five months. I mean, Mm. she is just so lonely. No one can go in. She can't go out because, you know, they're afraid of an outbreak in her, in her um, retirement center. And so they have them on lockdown. So we're going to do the 12 days of Christmas for her. And we're going to deliver a big, big storage bin full of all of these 12 different things. And each one is going to have something for her. So she'll open them like one a day for 12 days in a row. And, you know, that's just a way that we can let my aunt Joanne know that she is loved, that though we can't see her and she can't see us right now, that we celebrate her, that we are with her, that she is not alone. And then in the midst of that too, she's not really technology based, but we're going to do a phone call. (laughs) So I wish we could see her on video but she doesn't do that. So Mm. anyway, um, you know, and so, you know, that's one of the things that our family is going to do that is for my great aunt. And it, it doesn't have to be something like that. It could be, you know, where you just notice that your UPS driver is crazy this year because no one is shopping in person. Everybody is ordering online and the UPS drivers are literally going nuts. I mean, I don't know if you've talked to yours lately, but mine, I just love him. And he's going, I mean, they are working overtime 24 seven. And so can you do something for the UPS driver that comes to your door every other day? You know, I mean, just really thinking outside and then get your kids involved Mm -hmm. and actually make that a part of your traditions is that you do something, you notice that someone needs encouragement and then you act on that. So that would be probably my biggest one. Um, So pick someone to bless. And then um, I would say another one would be sit down for, make a commitment to yourself that at least five minutes a day, you're going to sit down in the Christmas season and you're going to enjoy what's around you. So whether that be you're going to enjoy sitting in front of the Christmas tree and just taking a deep, you know, a few deep breaths and just that moment, or you're going to sit down with your kids and read those Christmas books. You know, I don't know if you all get out Christmas books every season, but that's, you know, I still get out our kids, even though my kids are in high school, I still get out um, all of the Christmas books and I, we still read those and revisit those, the, the favorite ones. And so, you know, are you really taking that time? I would say five minutes. Every person has five minutes. We spend way more time on Instagram than that. You know, we have five minutes where we can put our technology away, which would be another tip that I have. Make a commitment to yourself Mm -hmm. to put technology away every single day. Put it away. Have a time. This is my shutdown time. Or this is like, I I put it away for dinner and I don't pick it up again until nine o'clock or whatever it is for you. Mm -hmm. Um, But, you know, have those boundaries. And then within that, within that quiet space, really commit to just five minutes and it'll probably turn into more, which would be a really good thing for you. But commit to those five minutes where you're going to really enjoy the Christmas season and enjoy what's around you. Yeah, that, that sounds 
so good because I feel like you said all of a sudden we're going to blink and it's going to be the 26th and it's going to be over, you know, and we, and we know how fast our culture like dumps it. Like, you know, it's Christmas Eve and they're already putting up Valentine's day or whatever. So, I mean, I think that that, like, we don't want to miss it. And um, going back to what you were saying about how we want our kids to take part in Christmas, not from just the getting standpoint, something that we did with my son when he was four was we had him go to the dollar store and pick out something for every family member, like extended family member. And uh, then we went home and wrapped them. And let me tell you, it was like, it would have taken me like 10 minutes to wrap all that stuff. It took us an hour and a half because he was four years old, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, But it was so fun. And it was a, it's a great memory because they pick the randomest stuff and it's so funny. And I don't know, he just got a lot out of that Christmas. So my daughter, she's going to be four this year. And I'm thinking like, I think it's time or she is four. It's time to do that with her. Let her go through that process. And I think, it's just, it's important to me that they not only, that they do the shopping part and that they do the wrapping part and then that they actually do the giving part, like, you know, hand it to the person. So it's, what you're saying is convicting me to make sure that that happens this year because, I don't know, I think it's easy to be like, yeah, maybe, maybe next year because it's a lot, but I think it's time to do that and I think that's the kind of Christmas that I want for my family. Mm-hmm. You know, when my kids were young, I often would, you know, collect different things throughout the year that I saw here and there, things on clearance, on sale. And I actually would set up a store in my bedroom. And so I'd put up a table and I'd put all these things on there and they could buy things. So like they would do a chore, you know, so it would be like, okay, um, you know, dishes and sweeping, that's the price for this one. Cause you know, they don't have money. <laughs> so you have right, to like right. think, yeah. but it's good for for them to feel like they earned it and that yes. they they have skin in the game, right? That they somehow, like, I bought this for grandpa. Like, it wasn't just given yeah. to me for grandpa. I actually bought this for grandpa. I swept the floor and vacuumed or whatever, you know? And again, their vacuuming is not really vacuuming, but that's not the point. It's that they feel like they earned it. And so that was also a fun way to do it is that you could actually even have your own little store in your room and have them pick things. Well, and that may be a more COVID friendly activity, Mm -hmm. you know, like that's a good way to do it. Mm -hmm. I love that. As we kind of wrap this up, um, what is your favorite Christmas tradition you share with your family or maybe like a, a favorite Christmas memory? You know, we really do Christmas week because we celebrate Christmas Eve all the way to New Year's. And part of it is my brother comes up the 27th. And so, but it's just cousin time. I mean, that whole week we've just set apart. This is family time. That's when we, you know, we do Christmas um, with my family, which is, you know, I mean, not everybody, you know, sometimes I know people have varying things going on Christmas Eve and Christmas, but after Christmas, that whole week, you can really designate how you want that week to look. And that can become a tradition for you. And for us, that's become cousin time Mm -hmm. for um, my side of the family. And so my brother comes up and we actually um, do something really fun, which I know your kids couldn't do, but you could do something else on Christmas on, on one of those days. 
but we have a tradition where we do a torchlight ski on on New Year's Eve. And that's just been one of our favorite traditions of all time. My dad started it in Mm -hmm. 2000. And um, the kids have to be 10 to go, but they have glow sticks at 10. And so they're not carrying the actual flares. And then eventually they get to the age where they can carry the fire. But, um, you know, one of the things that I I like to challenge families with is what can you do that's different? What can you not, not, there's not a big pressure to do some big thing. That's kind of a big one. And my dad started it and it's super fun. And we, we just do it now. That's what we do. That's how we ring in the new year every year. But can you do something that is like unique to your family? Like I know one family that doesn't do um, Thanksgiving. Instead, they all stay in their pajamas. They do grilled cheese sandwiches and they play these like really awesome, funny games. And they do, you know, it's like upside down Thanksgiving, that's a tradition for them. And that's really fun. And they love it. And they, they're like, we don't like, you know, Thanksgiving meal anyway. And so the traditional Thanksgiving meal. So we're going to do grilled cheese, you know, and then we're going to do Twister. And we're going to actually, they do like all these things where they run around outside in their pajamas, like they do an Olympics, you know, in their pajamas. And to me, that's really fun, you know, so what can you do even during that time to create a unique tradition that is just you, that reflects you and your personality and your family. But for us, I would say that's definitely one of our very favorite Christmas traditions. And I include that with Christmas because really Christmas is that whole week for us. Yeah. It's so fun that it includes your extended family Mm -hmm. because I do get wrapped up in thinking, okay, this has to be just in our little home. Mm -hmm. And you're right. It should be this broad thing that we bring everyone in. And so that's just, that's a really fun idea. Yeah, and I want to encourage people who don't have extended families that they're close with that you can do that with friends. I mean, having friend traditions is really fun, and that could be a part of, I mean, those people become like family, and so, you know, you can do that with your friend group, too, and create, you know, maybe you all do a a little hike and then you have a big bonfire and you do like all sorts of different kinds of s'mores or, you know, I mean, it could be anything, but just something where you're creating that tradition and that anchor. Oh my gosh. Love it. And my, my mind is spinning with ideas. Like, I don't know, it's just so cool to get to talk to you. And I know we're in different parenting and life stages. Um, but I think what's really cool is that our, our mission is the same. And I think that we can learn a lot from you. And I think our listeners can too, just about, you know, like you said, what does it look like to really take ownership of the holiday season and simplify what doesn't need to add stress and then really focus on what's most important. So I just want to say thank you for chatting with us. It's so great to get to meet you and glean some wisdom from you. So I just want to say thank you. Yeah, absolutely. And I do have an ebook on my website. It's called Reclaiming Home for the Holidays. And it, it really is just, you know, designed to kind of help people get organized so they can enjoy the season better. And so that's available if people want that. And it just, it's just a starting place really for trying to enjoy the holidays more. That's great. We will make sure and link that in our show notes along with a few other links so people can find some of your work and just your website and your podcast, because you do have a lot of great wisdom to share. And it's just 
practical and things that you can just apply at any season and stage of life. And we just really appreciate that. Well, great. Well, thank you so much for having me on today and happy holidays to you both. I hope that you can enjoy it and I would love to see your traditions. So I'll be watching for those on Instagram. Krista is an inspiration when it comes to living intentionally and really caring for your people well and being a homemaker that really sets the stage for making intentional and lasting memories. And it was so fun to get to talk with her, especially from her perspective of having older children. It was just kind of fun to see how she is kind of living out now um, what I hope to do for my little family as time goes on. There were two things in our conversation that have stuck with me and kind of stood out. The first being not to forget about our spouses during the Christmas season. I saw a Facebook meme or something somewhere that said something along the lines of, what are you getting your spouse for Christmas, your, your husband for Christmas? And it said, I'm giving him the ability to have to worry about absolutely nothing except showing up on Christmas morning. And I laughed because it's funny and I think in a lot of cases true. I think as moms, we like to spearhead all of the plan making and the coordinating and the shopping and the wrapping and just make it all happen. And I was very convicted by the fact that I feel like sometimes our spouses, our husbands can get kind of lost in that shuffle and inevitably not be getting the best of us. And I just think it's important to remember that that relationship is vital to keep healthy, not only just healthy, but to really still be in, being investing in and making them feel loved and cared for because our kids need that. We all need that. And, you know, I want to make sure that Chase is getting the best of me this Christmas season and not catching the frustration and the stress because I think that can happen so, so easily. The other thing that really has stood out to me and I've thought a lot about is what Krista said about taking time out of every day during the Christmas season to pause and just reflect on and enjoy something about the holiday season. I love Christmas so much that I think I can get focused on the fact that it's going to be over soon and I sort of get that feeling like on the last day of a vacation where you're so busy thinking about the fact that it's almost over and dreading that, that you're not being present in that moment in soaking up the time that's still existing and happening. Is that just me? I might be the only one that feels that way. But I have really taken time out of the day, like she said, literally five minutes, whatever you can spare, to really just be present and enjoy this time. The number one way that you can support our show is to jump on the Apple Podcast app and rate and review. This makes the show more discoverable 
for people that maybe are looking for some simplicity in their lives. As always, thank you for listening. Thank you for trusting us with your time. And y'all have a great day.